1: Back to four to six with A and B, your Ohio State podcast brought to you by the Athletic. This is Bill Landis, joined as always by Ari Wasserman. We will have some Ohio State first Purdue picks for you on this here episode, and we have a mailbag full of Apple Podcast five-star review questions. We appreciate everyone who submitted questions for that. We didn't get we don't have everyone on here because when I asked for this, it was like before the Penn State game, and there were a few like Penn State game specific questions, um, which like I don't. I guess we could break down the Ohio State-Penn State game and pretend like it didn't happen, but I think we won't do that. But, so uh, I appreciate you sending those in, but we do have a, a nice batch here of, of questions from people who left five-star reviews. If you want to do that in the future, we will answer those questions in a future episode. Ari, Ohio State versus Purdue. There was one question, and I even got some mailbag questions in the story I wrote this week on The Athletic, about uh, does Purdue lose, lose its mojo because it's ranked now? number 19 Purdue coming into Ohio Stadium on Saturday. Is this still underdog terrifying Purdue, or because there's a number next to their name, do you think about them differently?
2: Well, the thing about it is that I was thinking about this, Bill, is is there another team in the Big Ten that has those two, or two good pl- top-end players as much as Purdue does? I know I just asked that really weirdly. Was, I was kind of like tongue-tied there. Are yeah. the top two players on any other team in the Big Ten as good as the top two players on Purdue's roster?
1: Uh... I think the only one that could make a claim for it is Ohio State.
2: No, I meant, like, outside of Ohio State.
1: Outside of Ohio State? Yeah. No. I'm trying to think. Make sure I'm not forgetting anybody obvious. But even Ohio State Like, maybe. Kenneth Walker Kenneth Walker and Jacob Panishuk at Michigan State are both pretty good. Um, that might be it.
2: Would you take George Karloftis and um, Dave Bell, or would you take Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave?
1: Hmm. and I get all I get all of Ohio State's other receivers I just don't have no no I'm just saying if you were to
2: build your team and you had to start with two players and you got one or the other and I understand that two are the same position don't take that into account I'm just saying two best players like who's got I mean oh do we agree that the two best players on Ohio State's roster are Wilson and Olave yes or would you put Henderson in there maybe
1: not yet not yet
2: an offensive lineman
1: not yet uh, no, no, close, maybe, but no, I think it's Wilson and Olave. Yeah. Uh, I might take Bell and Carl Aftis.
2: When is the last time Ohio state played a big 10 football game where the two best players on the other team are better than their two best players. And listen, I don't Not think in- Dave, I don't know if David Bell is better than either one of Ohio state's receivers. I'm not making that point, but the point I'm making is: When's the last time Ohio State's played a Big Ten game where this was even a discussion, or where you might take the other two teams' players over the two top players on your team on Ohio State's team?
1: Um, Has that ever
2: happened ever?
1: I'm trying to think like back in maybe like 2016, Penn State with Saquon Barkley, but I don't know who the second guy would have been there. It's rare. It's rare even that that Ohio State gets on the field with another team in the Big Ten, and the best player on either roster is not on Ohio State's roster. That's right. Um, I do think you're right. I, I think I think I think Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are are better than David Bell, though. I do think that is a more legitimate conversation, than Ohio State fans are probably willing to admit. Um, it's funny, like I'm doing, a, uh, I'm doing a version of recruiting confidential in the state of Indiana, and I've only talked to a couple of coaches thus far, but, but one of the questions I asked them just like for fun is who's the best player you've ever seen with your own two eyes, and so far all of them have said David Bell, who I guess came out in what, 2019, is that right? Same year as Garrett Wilson, I think? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he's like legitimately very good. I, th- I think Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson have like earned their standing as perhaps the two best receivers in college football. But I think David Bell's right there, and George Karlaftis is like, I don't know, the third best edge rusher in college football behind Kayvon Thibodeau and then maybe like Aiden Hutchinson more. Or you know, it's also one of crazy. Those SEC guys. Is What's like that?
2: I think George Karlaftis was a fringe five star prospect, wasn't he, or was he a five star?
1: He was a five star, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then David Bell, I believe, was a top one hundred player, wasn't he?
1: I believe that's right. I, I don't know up. if he's a top
2: cool. 100 player. I know he was in the top 150. Like, I mean, he was like a legitimate prospect. It's like, oh, the two best players on Purdue's team are the two highest-rated players that ever went there in the history of the program. Like, I mean, they are...
1: David Bell was uh, number 113, so okay, just yeah. outside just so, outside. the I mean, top 100. Correl-
2: it's not like, oh, this is some three-star receiver that came out of nowhere in Indiana and now is actually pretty good. It's like this kid was a stud in high school, and he's a stud in college. And I'm not saying that I think Purdue is now going to win the football game as a result of it. It's a it's a very wide game. But, like, of all the teams that we've given credit to this year, the Michigan State's, the Michigan's, uh, the Penn State's, like, doesn't Purdue kind of belong in that conversation a little bit? Like, in a world where the Big Ten teams don't have that much separation, right, we've talked about that, mm-hmm. Big Ten, uh, West, sorry, even Nebraska when you compare them to – Penn State, Michigan and Michigan State, I guess, is kind of in that same generic ballpark. It's like, isn't Purdue kind of in that ballpark now?
1: Yeah, I, I would think so. Definitely. Top twenty five team
2: now. Rightfully so yeah, beating
1: Rightfully so, six and three. Two, beating two, two really top good five wins. teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think this is this is I this isn't like a great team. I I I think people's natural inclination is probably to like roll their eyes at Purdue. Other other than I guess like giving due credit for them playing spoiler and throughout their history i think people generally roll their eyes with like whatever it's purdue um this is a pretty good team um i can't really figure out like there is a star power there with david bell and george carl but like even ryan day this week was like talking up purdue's front seven and i'm like whatever dude and then like some of the numbers like their defense is like their numbers are legitimately good now it's in the conference that doesn't play offense in the big 10 so i guess you take that into account as well but this is a pretty good team this, is,
2: this isn't like, oh my God, they're going to play a crappy Purdue team in West Lafayette, uh, grab ass and suing. It's like, this is like a pretty good team.
1: Yes, but like, and this might sound counterintuitive, because that's true, I'm more inclined to think that Ohio State wins comfortably.
2: I think the spread makes you think that Ohio State, or makes me feel like Ohio State's going to win comfortably. And I haven't given our picks yet, but like 20 seems like a, a lot. No
1: 20, is, 20 and a half is, is the latest um, that I saw when I looked on Thursday morning on BetMGM. Yeah, it's, it seems like a whole lot. It's weird, like, it's it's a bigger spread than it was when Ohio State played Rutgers. It's a bigger spread than it was when Ohio State played Nebraska last week. And, like, this Purdue team is... It's better than Rutgers. It might be, like, more or less the same as Nebraska, but I think it's playing better than Nebraska right now. Um, it has more star power that worries you, I think. So, it's... And, and, that that is a little odd to me that those were like two touchdown spreads and this one is is three and it has moved a little bit in ohio state's direction since it opened
2: i don't know maybe purdue's magic is only on the road
1: i think historically it has been right although purdue's played like really tough games against ohio state in in the shoe too right like like in 2012
2: against purdue right
1: yeah that was here um holy buckeye was there right um yeah obviously 2018 was there um, but yeah the Kenny Guyton game the two point conversion overtime win was and I, that's the last time I think that they've played Purdue in the shoe is that right I
2: Have think they that's played? right yeah
1: yeah um, that was that was in Columbus so it's not only um, in, in Ross State Stadium where Purdue was given Ohio State trouble in the past but it, yeah, in an odd way, I do think because like this is not a Purdue team that sneaks up on you. The line that, though,
2: the line though, is an implication to me that Vegas believes that Ohio State will figure it out. Like Ohio yes. State in full capacity, uh, solid defense as we use that term, solid, and mm-hmm. an offense that is hitting on all cylinders beats Purdue by twenty-four, right? Twenty-twenty-eight. Like Ohio State is, tw- is legitimately twenty points better than Purdue in my opinion, but that is Ohio State at its best. So, like, which Ohio State are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that was messing around for the past two games and, you know, not taking opponents that are actually pretty good seriously enough to not have 19 penalties and throw bad passes and missed tackles and all the things that went wrong? Or is this going to be the Ohio State team that shows up in mid November who is primed to potentially win a national championship? So, like, to me, if I mean, in my pick, I'm not, I don't think Ohio State is going to be there. Like, I think that at a certain point, a team tells you who they are and at a certain point you have to believe them and Ohio State's kind of been Jekyll and Hyde this year but until I see Mm -hmm. them snap out of it I don't think it's fair to just assume that they're automatically just going to show up and win 49 to 17.
1: Yeah I agree with that that that's where that's where I am too so I I would I would take the points here with Purdue I I think I don't know if I feel like it's going to be a sweater for Ohio State I still think I still think they're they're they win the game in a way where you never really feel like it's in jeopardy but Purdue hangs around enough to, to qualify as a quote-unquote close game and, and covers the 20 and a half point spread because um, I I'm with you I just don't want to give Ohio State that benefit of the doubt right now they're just they're not they're not playing well enough the last two weeks albeit against a decent Penn State team and an okay Nebraska team I guess um, but it's just not it's just not what we're accustomed to and it's not where I think Ohio State needs to be if it wants to try to play for a national championship so I'd like to see them come out of it too like but you buddy, said, what about their schedule? Before I assume it
2: their schedule if Purdue is ranked I mean they've got a strength of schedule that's that's really attractive.
1: Oh no, yeah, yeah. they're not. They could they could win the next three games by, by like a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. Just they, they they are I know we like we all want to see them play better. We all, we all want to see them play like uh, the team we thought they were a couple of weeks ago.
2: We but want the it truth to look is like they don't have to. Akron.
1: Yeah, the the truth is it doesn't have to. They just have to win. I mean, I if feel like they playing,
2: have to if they want to win a playoff game. I think
1: they have to if you want to feel good about them winning in the playoff. But if you're just worried about them getting to the playoff, all they have to do is win, and I don't think it matters what it looks like.
2: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: SP Plus uh, has this projected as a 41-17 I don't 17 give a fuck about, a about the Sagarin ratings,
2: okay? I don't, I- <laughs> <laughs> shout, out,
1: shout out to Bruce Feldman. Salty I sent him a Bruce text, Feldman. and I let
2: him know that like that was like the most authentic – moment of so podcasting funny. history and i'm I, he's he's the guy's my idol so like i uh i hope people understand the reference but if not go listen to bruce and Stu's uh latest podcast called the yeah, audible to on the audible. network
1: yeah that's yeah. <laughs> so funny Stu, <laughs> Stu.
2: <laughs> anyway Sorry, you were saying about the s and people
1: <laughs> yeah sp plus which i actually feel like is a is a fairly reliable model and you know not the and computer ratings that don't matter at all um has Ohio State projected to win 41 to 17, which is that As would be a like cover. a very comfortable win, I think, and a cover. Yeah, that would be that would be a win that I think you feel exceedingly good about if Ohio State puts out something like that um, this weekend. I, I think it'll be a little tighter than that.
2: 41 24 is my pick.
1: 41 to 24. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say less than 40 for Ohio State. I'm going to say. 38-28. 10? Ten? Ten, 10 point spread 10-point game.
2: I, I give it a 10! Ten. 10-point
1: ten game. Ohio State wins. I think this not fully snap out of its funk. Gives you uh, gives you enough to like keep you on edge a little bit heading into the, the two final games. You know, if Michigan, I were betting Michigan. this game...
2: I would take the 20 out of the gate, wait for Purdue to score first, and then get a live line and try to hit a middle. Yeah. That's probably a safe play. Which was the perfect play in the Penn State game. Not that anybody did that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Entertainment purposes only.
2: Yeah. Bet MGMs are sponsor.
1: That's right. How how much do you worry about – maybe worry isn't the right word, but how – what do you think it might look like here with David Bell against this defense like what what's your level of confidence in Ohio State finding a way to kind of corral David Bell in a way that Iowa and Michigan State couldn't
2: like corralling David Bell means like nine receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown right like is that like corralling him
1: like Jahan Dotson I think against Penn or when they played Penn State might have had I don't know I'll look it up he had like eight catches or something like that I think but he didn't score I want to look up what he had, but yeah, corral corral means he doesn't have two hundred yards and five touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I mean it's not like I don't. It's not like I feel like they're playing Amari Cooper. You know what I mean? Like I mean the guy's gonna get his. He might even get in the end zone, but like I feel like they're going to need multiple sustained drives that are longer than five minutes to stay in this football game. So like even if he scores, like of course, you know I don't think that Purdue's gonna get shut out by any stretch. Um, but I don't, I don't envision like David Bell going out and catching 21 passes for 310 yards on four scores or anything like that. You know I think of the thing that is difficult with Purdue is that do people even know what their running backs name is?:
1: That team cannot run the ball worth a damn, so like no.
2: So like if your whole thing is really good receiver, but offensive line is average and you can't move the football on the ground, like Ohio State has the athletes in the back end to contain that, I think.
1: So what you're saying? So uh, Rondell Moore in 2018 had 12 catches for 170 and two touchdowns, plus two rushing attempts for 24. I
2: wonder, yards. I wonder how many, um, how many of those passes he caught were anywhere more than five yards downfield in that game.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of them were within 5 to 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Some of them behind the line then of scrimmage. And him
2: just being super special. And
1: then he just made like enti- Ohio State's entire defense miss him. Um here's here's Jahan Dotson, 11 catches, 127 yards and no touchdowns when Ohio State played Penn State a couple weeks ago.
2: I think that sounds about right.
1: Yeah. Like he gets Maybe his touchdown in there? Yeah, he gets his yeah. more or less, but he's not just, you know, roasting your defense the entire day.
2: It's not like uh what happened in the National Championship game last
1: year. That's right. That's right. Although if Ooh. uh
2: and now he's a bird.
1: He's a bird. If Tommy Eichenberg is uh, at any point covering David Bell, then uh,
0: maybe just shut it down for the year.
1: Yeah, what we'll, we'll, could we'll, happen.
0: We'll catch, we'll catch you next year. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right.
1: I am very intrigued to watch Ohio State's offensive line against George Carlathis, obviously. Um, but I'm curious what you think about that matchup given some of their struggles the last couple weeks, particularly like Nicholas petit Frere, who did not seem to handle Arnold Ebikidi for Penn State all that well and I don't think had a great game last week either. Um, going up against a guy who might be the best pass rusher in the Big Ten and one of the top five in the country, like, does that factor in at all when you're making your game pick?
2: I think Ohio State's offensive line is really, really good. I know they're not playing very well right now, but am I dumb for just blindly trusting that they'll figure it out?
1: I think it's fair. I think it's fair to think that. I'm a I'm a little...
2: Because it's like, as a unit, they're not playing that well, but the players individually are really freaking good, so it doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Like, they can't get... They just haven't been able to get like all five playing well together the last two weeks. Like I thought, and
2: like well, hadn't Nicholas Petit had like his two or three best games of, the, of his entire career like in the last month?
1: Yeah, he had been playing really well to the point where he is being projected as like a first round pick. Some places, I think uh, Dame Brugler had him there um, among the top twenty players on his recent big board, and uh, yeah. Todd McShay also did. So he had been playing well and and not so well the last two weeks. And I will say this: like he he shared this after during interview. So I guess I'll say it on the podcast. Like Ryan Day had said after the Nebraska game that Nick had missed some time in the week leading up to that, and we just like all assumed that meant that Nick was hurt and out of practice. He actually said that he had a death in the family, so he had to leave the team for a little bit, um, and that's why he wasn't there. So so clear, like you know, there could be off the field stuff maybe impacting um his focus a little bit which be, would be perfectly understandable um so I'm, I'm excited to kind of watch him play against a guy like that because i do think nick has that kind of upside um and he can even back that up against george carlathis i think Dewan Dewan jones who had the bubble guts apparently against nebraska <laughs> he said he, <laughs> said he ate a bad sausage biscuit before the game and quote had to go handle some business
2: <laughs> during during, <laughs> during
1: warm-ups uh which was hilarious um he's played really well too so i think i think this is i will
2: say that dewan jones is meal being a sausage biscuit is perfectly on brand. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> you got to be careful with those with those uh, sausage biscuits sometimes. Well, I mean, it depends
2: where it came that's from. Right. Too. He
1: must have not gone to McDonald's and gotten the egg McMuffin for a dollar. Uh, but anyway, I, th- I think
2: Landis is the purveyor of, of, of the sausage biscuit being the best sandwich in fast food. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. And then DeWan Jones was... At the beginning of the Nebraska game, trying to crap his pants because he ate a bad one. Yeah, I get it. We've all been there. It's a tough, tough, tough spot yeah. to be in. Yeah, but I think assuming that doesn't happen again this week, maybe no sausage biscuits. Um, I think I think that Dewan Jones and Nick Petit are going to. Uh, Dewan has played pretty well regardless, and I think Nick might bounce back a little bit here and have a better week. And um, both of them, I think, maybe improve some of their draft stock going up against a guy like George Carl this um, Yeah. All right. Wanna- well
2: I mean if you want to be a first round draft pick, you handle your business in this game. Mm-hmm. You win some battles, you lose some, because you're also playing against another first round pick who might be a top ten pick, right? Is Karloftis a top ten pick?
1: I think he's borderline. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly so, a first rounder. I mean,
2: yeah. It's like that's that's the thing too, man. Like whenever you're talking about players like is David Bell potentially a first rounder, or are there just too many receivers?
1: I think there are a lot of receivers. I don't know, I don't know. I think he's probably on the fringe. My guess would be no.
2: But, like, isn't it crazy how different you analyze a football game when the other team has really good players?
1: Yeah, which doesn't happen very often in the regular season for Ohio State. And it feels a little weird doing it for a Purdue game.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, but it's just like that is... If anybody is wondering about the importance of recruiting at a high level, look at what two hits in the recruiting process can do to an entire football team. Now, I, I... you know, part of me feels like we're both going to be wrong in this game and that Ohio State's going to cover the spread because the spread doesn't make sense and usually I bet into the spread that doesn't make sense. Right. But, you know, I don't know, man. We're always going to we're always going to be on the side of the coin of show us before we tell you.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think I think I'm I'm more in that mode this year because of just like kind of how up and down Ohio State's been.
2: You know, remember when the Warriors were at the height of their of their Uh, basketball dominance in the way that they played basketball. They didn't cover every spread, but I never would bet against them because it's just miserable to watch. Like if you were betting this game and you're an Ohio state fan, you're probably just going to bet Ohio state because you love your team. Mm -hmm. But like betting against Ohio state seems like such a miserable existence because if you're wrong, it's going to be like an avalanche, you know, it's like Ohio state might have a 28 point second quarter on Saturday and it's just gonna be like, this sucks. Yeah. So, like, my opinion is, if you're listening to this podcast, I would err towards the Purdue side of things, would not be shocked if Ohio State won by a million, and also probably just don't bet it.
1: Yeah, it is it is a weird line. They've had a lot of weird lines this year. I don't know, like...
2: And Ohio State just doesn't cover the spread this year.
1: I don't have their record handy against the spread. I mean, they were, though, for the... Like, all of October they did, right, with the exception of the Penn State I th- game? I think
2: they're, like, under 500 against the spread this year.
1: I guess that would make sense because they didn't cover last week. They didn't cover against Penn State. They lost against... They didn't cover
2: the Minnesota game. They didn't cover
1: Minnesota. They lost to Oregon, yeah. So they're right around 500 at at best. Weird. Vegas can't figure them out. I feel like I can't figure them out.
2: I think Vegas has figured them out. I think fans can't figure them out because it's a brand name.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. All right. Let's dive into some questions. Um, Again, leave an Apple 5-star review with a question we'll answer in a future episode. Uh, We'll... I promise we would answer all of them, so we're going to answer all of them. Some of the answers will be uh, maybe shorter than, than others because I'm not sure how much discussion is needed on some of them, but here we go. Are you ready? Born ready. Born ready. From Big Chunk Daddy. This is not me leaving a, a question by the way. Uh, right uh, does Gene Smith need to erect the Jim Trestle statue? He said a year early like is there, was there plans to build a Jim Trestle statue that I'm unaware of?
2: When I read when I read the story I thought that or this question I thought it meant like finish it out, but I thought it meant that should there be a Jim Tressel statue somewhere, which I think is a discussion that is worth having.
1: Yeah, I think probably I think yes, but because um, he won the national championship. But the question is, uh, should Gene Smith erect the Jim Tressel statue a year early? At minimum, maybe a new mural in the Woody, some little gentle nudge or reminder to run the ball, play some cut ups or montages in the stadium of Maurice Clarett running power and diving into the end zone. That O line is built to run block, uh, power schemes. Uh, not to mention those deep action. Uh, Uh, play-action shots uh, that were so good for Justin Fields last year. And and secondly, uh, Big Chunk Daddy wrote, I have to give a shout-out to Jets' deep-dish pizza. Half buffalo chicken, half barbecue. It's a good little TV-watching pie at a fair price, which we love.
2: I like Jets. I don't like the gimmicky pizzas, though. It's not that I don't like them. I'll eat them if they're in front of me, but I just never order them. Like, barbecue chicken, buffalo chicken, it's just... Give me some hog. <laughs> give, me, give me some <laughs> give me some cheese and, and give me some tomato sauce, man. Like, I, I don't know. It's just buffalo. I feel like you know this about me. I like buffalo sauce. Yeah. And when it comes to wings, whenever we've eaten them, like, I always order, like, teriyaki or barbecue or, you know, garlic parmesan. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like buffalo, the flavor is just overpowering, and I just get tired of it quickly. Like, it's a very strong taste, and it's just like... Maybe a few of those pieces would be good, and then like after a while, just be like, oh, I'll I just get like tired of
1: it. Yeah, I I understand where you're coming from there. I am I'm a big proponent, proponent of the buffalo. I actually order. You always get it. I get buffalo chicken pizza quite a bit. Um, it is. I, I would say it's my favorite kind of pizza. Although part of me also feels like it shouldn't even be categorized as a pizza. I feel like if you don't have uh, like a tomato based sauce, then it's not really pizza. Um, and I don't well, You know what
2: else is a really good pizza that you don't really see very often is a white pizza with olive oil. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a good that's a good slice, but no place has them.
1: I used to get that a lot when I lived in Philly. The place we ordered pizza from all the time, we would get a uh, we would get a pepperoni pie and then we'd get a white pie sometimes with broccoli on it, which I know maybe doesn't sound all that great, but it was pretty good. Sounds good. Yeah. White pie with broccoli or a white pie with like a little bit of like cheesesteak meat on it? It's good stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah they'll get you going anyway uh should ohio state build a statue to jim Trestle to remind them they need to run the ball more
2: they should run the ball more they should run so
1: i i should have said this when we were talking about the offense the other day because like i had it in my notes and i didn't say it and then ryan day made the point in the press conference and then i wrote about it in the mailbag that went up on thursday there were um Eight plays. I didn't count them all up. Ross Fulton at Buckeye Scoop counted them all up, but it was noticeable during the game. There were eight eight pass attempts in that game that were RPOs that are actually called runs. So if you count those as called runs, there's a little more balance there. And there was also that weird stretch at the end of the first half where there was like 30 seconds left, and Ohio State was trying to score, so they threw the ball six times in 30 seconds. So like that skewed the numbers a little bit too. So I will say I think that there was more balance to the offense in terms of play calling – then i gave ryan day credit for in the moment and maybe most of us did
2: you know what i'll say overall. as you're watching the game here's my thesis i think stats are dumb 60 percent of stats are made up of yeah i i just i don't like stats because you can use them in any possible way that you to like make your point mm-hmm. when you're watching the game it feels like they need to run more. Like you get the f- It's like a feeling, too. It's not just like, oh, well, here's sure. the stats. And here's what- it's just like th- there are times where they are passing in situations where running seems to be appropriate. And also, too, with Ohio State, it seems like when they're running it, they're running it a lot, and when they're throwing it, they're throwing it a lot. Like when it comes to balance, like the numbers might bear out at the end, but I feel like things come in, bur- in spurts. Does that make sense? Yes. Or is it like if Ohio State's in throwing mode, they're just throwing it on every play? and if they're in running mode they're trying really hard to run it and everybody knows it and it's just like there should be a more balance within the play calling too. Like I feel like there's like a there's a feel to it. And sometimes everybody who's watching the game is collectively yelling run the ball. I don't care what the stats say. It it just it means that it doesn't seem to be working in that moment. So I understand that Ryan Day is a 8 million dollar man a year who is probably a better offensive mind than all of us combined but like I just don't always feel like, oh, well, here are the stats, I feel better about it. It's just like I don't think it works that way. Am I nuts?
1: Uh, no, no. I think you're right, and and I think that's part of what's uh, what feels off to people. Like it's not. And Kevin Wilson said that too. Like they're not. The offensive line is not really coming off the ball in, in a way that like where you feel it. Um, and you definitely felt that in and and many of Ohio State's games before the, the last two weeks. And I think that's part of it. Like. There's less of a little like there's even when you're calling a run and it's an RPO there's like less of a downhill element to that and you want to see just Ohio State like driving people back and you wanna you wanna kind of feel the offensive line taking the game over a little bit Um, and it's hard to feel that even when you're running run pass options I I like them as an addition to the offense because I think they need to do stuff to account for the extra defender that defenses are putting in the box to try to stop their run game so like you have to you have to account for that somehow and there's a way to account for that with with a less mobile quarterback is the throw RPO so I'm all in favor of that but I also agree with the idea of like just like line up and run them over like you should be able to do that um, and Ohio State's not doing enough of that now. So I agree. I don't know if they need a statue of Jim Trestle to, to convince them to do that, uh, but I would like to see them do that. So I'm on board but with that. But you here. do you think
2: they should have a, a statue of Jim Trestle just in general, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think they should build a. And Urban? Yeah, I think you build a statue of, of uh, your national championship coaches. Listen, man, every they're all flawed. We're, we're all flawed. I get it. Like, you don't want to build a statue of a flawed man, whatever. I think every statue of a man is a statue of a flawed man at this point. So you might as well build one for Jim Trestle or Urban Meyer. They won national championships. Woody Hayes is out there. Put the other guys out there.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. But not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, Henry Meese, Meesey, 11. Uh, I just read that as Hennessy. Hennessy. <laughs> uh, so when we were at the, uh, the Fiesta Bowl two years ago, when they had like the normal uh, like media hospitality stuff, Stephen Means from Cleveland.com was drinking Hennessy. So we were calling him Hennessy. Steve. <laughs> Uh, Here's the question. Uh, I mainly listen to the show on the athletic app and love the show, but thought I'd write a review here to help you guys out. We appreciate it. Uh, This is like rapid fire stuff. Have you heard news on the extent of Jack Sawyer's injury? No. Um, Like he didn't leave the sideline. He like got up like holding his rib cage area after uh, his sack against Nebraska. But um, I I like stayed on the sideline. I don't know if that's long term or not. We didn't ask about it. We'll get the availability report uh, later this week. Um, why was there a major drop off on playing time for Taraja Mitchell and Haskell Garrett? I do think that's injury related. Um, And Ryan day kind of alluded to um, that this week. So I don't think there's anything else going on there besides that. Um, And then last thing was uh, I personally, I believe that steel chambers uh, deserves to start over Taraja Mitchell. and wanted to hear your thoughts. I I agree with that. Um, And I think, I think we're headed in that direction. Like, Steel Chambers started the second half against Penn State, and then got the targeting injection on the first play, and then couldn't play in the first half against Nebraska, and then played like all of the second half against Nebraska. So and
2: immediately made an impact on the first. Play yeah. In the
1: second half. So I think I think we're heading in that direction, um, and I frankly wouldn't be shocked if Steel Chambers starts against Purdue.
2: Can I ask you a dumb question? Uh-huh. Steel Chambers was on the roster last year. Does it just kind of? blow your mind that it took this long
1: no i actually uh sat i had like a one-on-one conversation with steel chambers at the practice on wednesday for like 15 minutes talking about some of this stuff um, Okay, and i think i think some part of him wishes he would have done this sooner um he had like offers to play linebacker obviously he had he had he had linebacker specific offers coming out of high school um he told me the school – like forget them off the top of my head. One, one was Clemson. Um, some schools are like in between, and some schools are like we want you as a running back. And Ohio State was kind of in between, but I think with a lean toward running back, and he wanted to give that a go. I think he – I think he in the back of his mind knew that he had more long-term potential at linebacker, but but maybe wanted to, I don't know, buck expectations or something like that and give running back a shot. And I actually think he's a good running back. I know he fumbled a few times last year, but he's a pretty good running back. Um, but it's clear to me that like everyone – who thought he'd be a better linebacker coming out of high school is, is being vindicated here is he
2: gonna be a first round draft pick no i don't know
1: how often like in the box linebackers are first round draft picks anymore
2: no 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 i know but like his athleticism is is tangible
1: yes and he can cover too
2: and he like shoots to the ball the way that we've been begging somebody to shoot to the ball for the past two years on this podcast yeah
1: i think first round pick i have no idea like he's played nine games I'm just saying
2: that the fact that it's even a question like and I'm not even saying this year I mean eventually, eventually like, this guy yeah he went from forgotten running back to maybe the most valuable player in Ohio State's defense right
1: now he's their best linebacker and assuming he's still around next year I don't have no reason to believe he won't be he'll be their best linebacker next year um I'm trying to like playmaking potential at the position in the last few years it's like I think Malik Harrison had some for sure Darren Lee of course had some I'll um, be playing a little bit of a different position. But like out of those, there's those two, those two guys and maybe like Rayquan McMillan, but not a ton, maybe not as much as you'd think, and Steel Chambers appears to have that upside to me and is doing some of that already.
2: It makes no sense to me that Ohio State can be as purely athletic as it is, but their linebackers have consistently looked slow. Yeah. like It just doesn't compute to me. And like I know fans are... Are uh kind of saying the same thing, and I know that you know we and fans at times don't see what the coaches are seeing, but Ohio State is just badass athletic at every position on the field, and then linebackers are just like running in quicksand. And it just like doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah, they they lacked a little bit of speed there at that position. I think I think Pete Werner played with more speed than people probably give him credit for. Um, but by and large, I think that's a fair fair criticism. They're just lacking lacking like sh- you know straight foot speed at that position. And Steel Chambers has it, and it's noticeable. Like you're right, he makes he he arrives at the ball quicker and differently. I think than than everyone else in that room right now.
2: Yeah, um, it's just a state like playing linebackers used to be like when I was growing up. That was a statement position. That was where your dogs played. That's right. where, like, right. those were the enforcers. Those were the, those were the guys that made you not want to run the ball. Those are the guys that arrived on sweeps, and it's just like, come on. Like, at Ohio State, there have been so many great linebackers that have done that, and it's just like, how could you be at the, at the highest point of recruiting in the history of the program and not have multiple studs to, to choose from? And I'm not saying that Malik Harrison wasn't good or Pete Warner wasn't good or Raekwon Ra- 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 McMillan. They were all. I mean, they're in the NFL. Like They're all in the NFL, so I'm not saying they're not good players, but it's just there's been this lack of statement-quality playmaking at that position for a long time, and it just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, but you think Steele has that or, or could have that?
2: I think that Steele has the, the the tangible athleticism to make me believe that that could come.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. <clears throat> from, uh, from Read the Book has a question about the playoff format. Uh, going on the assumption that a 12-team playoff isn't happening, which I think is probably not an accurate statement. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, is that... Yeah. yeah. uh, He writes, most of the conversation seems to revolve around either sticking at four or moving to eight, which, like, some of this has changed. Um, So I guess we'll just move on to this. He wants to know, like, why is there no talk about a sixteen playoff? Why is it only like four or twelve? In, in this case, it's like four, and now it's like twelve, and they're changing what the twelve looks like. Initially, it was twelve with like the sixth highest ranked conference champions, and now the new discussion is um, automatic qualifiers for Power Five champions, which is something I think like the Big Ten and the ACC are very gung ho about. Um, there's not really been any talk about six. What do you make? What do you think of the idea of a six? Well, I think playoff? too
2: is like if you're going to if you're going to expand, then just expand, right? You know what I mean? Like and if there's five like and if college football were to continue to exist in the way that it does right now, like I understand like the idea of regular season. If you want to play off the five conference champions and the highest rated group of five, right? But then again, you're leaving out like a team like Georgia or Alabama in this year's season where there's no at large bids for really good power five teams. Mm -hmm. So like to me I think six is just not gonna solve the problems that we're having it for. I think that if you're gonna if you're gonna expand, you want to at least go to eight because then eight gives you one for every Power Five conference champion, two at larges, and then an, uh, for Power Five teams and then an at large for a group of five, which gets everybody involved. And I think eight is probably the best number because eight is probably the only amount of teams in this in the country that can win a championship anyway. I think once you start getting out to 12, it's like everybody makes it, and then that makes the regular season not as fun. Um, and I know everybody thinks that that's stupid, but to me, like, the discussions that we're having right now about Oregon and Ohio State and Michigan State and Michigan and all the things that were, are fun about this go away in a 12-team model. Yeah, And, like, I think that's part of the charm of the sport. So, like, six isn't enough, but I think eight is probably the perfect number if I were in charge. I could get on board with eight as well. Um, I, and then it like makes the, the conference races important again. It does, yeah. Because it's, it's like, as an Ohio State fan, it's like, you don't give a shit about Big Ten championships. I couldn't even tell you how many they've won in the last ten years, and I covered the team. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, it's just like, you know what I mean? What, I don't know it? if that's eight? true. I don't know if that's true for everybody. I don't know. Do people care and celebrate Big Ten championships? Because I know I, most people don't, probably. Um it's a fun thing to say, but there isn't like a we got to win this Michigan game so we can win the Big 10. The mentality has always been what is this going to do for our playoff ranking? Yeah, I don't know. I
1: th- I would like to hear from people. Still see listening. a lot of
2: Big 10 champion shirts.
1: No, I mean, of course like a national championship is more important than a Big 10 championship, but I don't think people just like you know.
2: People don't watch Ohio State through the lens of hoping that they win the Big 10.
1: Well, they do because it's a marker to get to the national championship. It's hard. like, it's almost impossible to do. It. I
2: know, but it's like, it's not like, I mean, Jim Trestle's days were win the big 10, beat Michigan or no beat Michigan, win the big 10 play for whatever's left. And it's just like that is always a fun thing to say. And it's kind of a weird discussion because you can't go to the playoff if you don't win the big 10 most times. Although Ohio state has, uh, I bet you that Ohio state fans would rather go to the playoff than win the big 10.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's right. Of course. Um, and, like, I'm not saying that in seasons where Ohio State doesn't win a national title, people just go, like, oh, whatever, at least we won the Big Ten. Like, I don't I don't think they look at it that way. But I also I also think in a vacuum it still matters to Ohio State fans to win the Big Ten
2: championship. I mean, if you put up a poll question right now on Twitter that says, do you care if Ohio State wins the Big Ten? Like, it's just everyone will be like, of course I do. But it's like, I don't think anybody really gives a shit. As long as it's on the way to bigger things. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying like to if think if you win the Big 10 but miss the playoff, I don't think that's a successful season to people.
1: I I probably I would agree with that. But I don't I don't think the things have to be like mutually exclusive. I still think you can yeah. appreciate and desire a conference championship.
2: But I feel like in this new system with an 18 playoff, winning the Big 10 is the Charlie uh, golden ticket at the, the Wonka factory mm-hmm. and you chase the ticket at the Wonka factory and you get that big 10 championship, you won your conference. And then it's an invitation to the playoff. I think it makes sense. And then people say, well, why do we play the games? You don't have to ask that question anymore because if you play the games and you win your conference, then you get it.
1: Yeah. Um, well it'd be six hard. just
2: doesn't, it's not drastic enough. That's why six isn't, isn't there. Right. And, actually, and I actually, it's like, also you have to make room for Notre Dame, right? Of like, course, so, yeah. I,
1: they're, they're at, the t- yeah. they're at the table. You're leading the discussion. Um, and I don't, I don't think – I can get on board with eight for sure. I don't think eight's going to happen because the SEC doesn't want eight to happen because the SEC doesn't feel like that leaves enough room for at-large teams. If you have an eighteen playoff and there's five or six automatic qualifiers and there's only two spots for at-large teams, the reason the playoff is expanding is because Greg Sankey wants four SEC teams in the playoff. Um, and that's I, – I guess – no, I guess in that case, you could still only get three at most. So um, I think the SEC would, would squash any eighteen playoff talk. So there'll be some compromise made on 12 and the structure of what that looks like. But I think that's what we're headed for.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think 12 will be good. But it's like if there was a 12-team playoff right now, it's like what would we even be talking about?
1: Uh, whether or not Notre Dame's going to get in? No, because Notre Dame's like ninth, right? <laughs> I'm pulling up the rankings. Yeah, it would change. It would change the way we talk about it for sure. Um, Which, like, being an Ohio
2: State fan, the existence of it would just be like wake me up on the playoff. It'll be like the regular season in basketball.
1: It would be more like the regular season in basketball. I mean, we think that, but let Ohio State lose a game. (laughs) The number 12 (laughs) 12 team team is
2: Wake Forest, so we're gonna have the discussions between Wake Forest, Baylor, BYU, and Ole Miss. And those will be fun for those teams, but like, it's just like Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Michigan, Michigan State, Cincinnati, Ohio State, Oregon, Alabama, and Georgia are all in. It. Yeah. It's like, okay. So like, from now on, the, the discussion is going to be about Penn State, Wisconsin, Auburn, uh, Iowa, uh, Utah, and Arkansas. Like, those are going to be the teams that we're debating. And like, if you're ever like traditionally good, you're just automatically in. Like You have to have a disaster of a year. You have to have a Florida-like year to not get in. And it's like most of these teams never have Florida years.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're one of those top 5 or 6 teams that are always in the mix every year, it's like as long as you don't lose more than 2 games, you're if probably it, in.
2: If there was a 12 team playoff, Ohio State could lose another game this year mm-hmm. and still get in. And like if Ohio State loses another game in the current construct of the playoff, it's like disaster mode.
1: Yes, and it would that I think would be a hard thing for some people to get on board with. Maybe maybe there might be like an age thing there too, but like you spend your whole life watching college football with the understanding that like the idea is trying to, trying to chase perfection and losing matters, and yeah. you can't have more than one blemish, and sometimes you can't have any if you want to compete for a national championship, and all that would get wiped away by a 12-team And then you're going to have a
2: three-loss Ohio State team that could win a national championship one day. Right. And yeah, I'm not that. saying you wouldn't celebrate and cherish that the same way that you would other ones, but it just, like, feels weird to me.
1: It, it would It would radically change the way that we consume the regular season, for sure.
2: And I think that, like... After every time Ohio State loses, we remember how our tone of our conversation after the Oregon game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like if it was the twelve team playoff, we'd be like, okay.
1: Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like the uh, the Browns losing to the Steelers in Week Four. To the Steelers, <laughs> It's like okay, well they had
2: a bad game, but you know they'll they'll regroup and it's like we were talking about whether or not Kerry Combs was fit for his job.
1: <laughs> right. I still think you. I mean, you still you would still analyze it through the lens of like, is this team going to be in a in. Not will it make it to the playoff because that'll be just like a given every year if that's the case. But like,
2: it's, which is boring as shit to me. Uh, yes, it's and like no. Ohio State makes know. the playoff anyway every year, I guess. But yeah, but like, I don't know. How, it's like a it's a sweat to get there. We have to debate, we have to analyze, we have to talk. You know, and Ohio State hasn't gotten there every year. They went two or three years in a row without going. I think that's talking like about whether or not
1: they can win a national championship is just as interesting. It's just a different way to frame the same conversation.
2: I guess. I guess.
1: Uh, I will say we'll find something to debate about. (laughs) It's like it's in the fabric of the sport. People will figure out a way to yell on the internet about college football. I just don't know what
2: our podcast will be like. What are we going to debate about?
1: Uh, Who should have statues and deep dish pizza?
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, Uh, there's hope. (laughs)
1: this question from vox employee that we kind of already answered uh was about uh now that purdue has beaten what was a highly ranked iowa and michigan state does that mean whatever devil magic they someone versus ohio state has been used up or will they still have someone reserves to draw for this weekend
2: uh it's probably been used up yeah they might there might be a little like a little bit. Might be a close game but it's probably because they're kind of good not because they have devil magic right right <laughs> right
1: um yeah. Mar- uh, max king 23 have you ever been bored covering ohio state because of how much yes. they win
2: yeah yep <laughs> it's the same year every year really really good recruiting class replace the holes covering spring football regular season with one loss maybe college football playoff berth yeah whatever happens winter workouts spring football or a national signing day winter workouts it's the same thing over and over again right now, for the fan experience it's not because you want to win a national championship every year and being in the mix is fun. I'm not saying that like covering a playoff game isn't fun, but Ohio's like Ohio State's existence as a really good program is kind of redundant.
1: It does get a little For a reporter. around around the same time every year, which is like after that early now, after that <laughs> no, well now it starts to get a little more interesting, but it's like after that early non-conference it's game. It's the month of October. If they have one like up until like the third week of November, it's just like eh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, October. Yeah, mostly October. It's just
2: like yeah. I think part of the reason too is that the Big Ten's just not very good. And it's like even this year when they had three or four teams in the top eleven, it still wasn't very good. Well, I don't know.
1: I don't know how I feel about that right now. Like I don't. I don't think that the Big Ten is a conference full of world beaters. Although the rankings would tell you something different, which I suppose is all that matters for for their sake. Um, but when I was feeling I mean, when I was feeling like Ohio State was just going to walk through all of this a month ago, I don't really feel that way anymore. <laughs>
2: Yeah, my favorite games to cover at Ohio State are the games where you walk up to the stadium with a sheer uh, uncertainty of who's going to win. Those are that's when the game is the, or the the job is the best.
1: How close is this game to that?
2: Not that close. How about the two after that? Michigan's always good because it's Michigan. Yeah. Um. Plus Detroit was a sneaky. My favorite road trip of the year. I'm saying near the airport. I really, really like going to Detroit.
1: Like Greek town action.
2: I like Greek town. I like that pizza place that you thought was average. Um, I think Detroit is an underrated city. I don't know if I'd ever want to live there, but I think it's an underrated city. Plus, you can go. Plus you you can, Windsor. You can go across the pond, the Windsor. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sometimes I'm going to say this, and I hope people don't get upset because you know the. The bond that we have with our listeners is that we're real, right? And like we mm-hmm. we love you, and you hopefully you love us or hate listening to us. I don't know. I sometimes think covering Ohio State and Ohio State's existence would be more interesting if they lost to Michigan one time.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. It's just like there's a there's such an air in, in, of inevitability with that game and with Ohio State and the Big Ten in general that it's just like it's. I don't know. If, I don't know if boring is the right word, but I think it's hard to search for like unique story angles when it's more or less the same thing every year.
2: Well, the, the the rivalry game used to be a major like tentpole of the season. For sure. It's just like, okay, get to that game and then this is the thing that you know you're looking forward to all year and just like now it's just like another shitty Big 10 t- opponent that they're probably going to kick the shit out of. And it's just like, okay, well if that's part of it, it's like you're taking you're taking one of the best things about being an Ohio State fan, which is being engaged in what was one of the best rivalries in college football, and it doesn't exist anymore. It sucks.
1: I do think – somebody said this in one of my questions in the mailbag that I didn't answer, and and I do think that maybe we don't give enough credit to, to this general feeling within the fan base. I think there is a segment of the fan base for whom the, the Michigan game always makes them nervous no matter what. Well, I hope that's true. Yeah. I think maybe that's – it probably lessens more and more that, that the margins keep getting Every wide. Year. But, yeah,
2: every year you get separate yourself from the '90s. It goes away more and more.
1: Yeah, but I think this year could be different. We'll see. Uh, Michigan plays Penn State this week um, in an interesting game. If they can get by that game and and get to Ohio State with with just one loss, and Ohio State has one loss, and the game is in Ann Arbor, um, I'm not saying I, I at the moment I wouldn't pick. You're
2: talking yourself into no, it. no.
1: I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying I would pick Michigan to beat Ohio State, but but it's still that game would have the greatest air of uncertainty about it since the '20. 16 games probably right yeah Yeah. um okay k rob wants to know what scenario would be a nightmare scenario for ohio state assuming they went out is there a situation where they don't get in
2: i don't know how it would play out when it comes to like who wins and loses but i think if like now that oregon and, and ohio state are three and four i don't even know if this is possible but if there is a scenario i guess if oklahoma wins the big 12 championship and they don't lose again Alabama beats Georgia, and then there is only one spot between Oregon and Ohio State to get in Mm -hmm. if the committee has to have that discussion between those two. I think that's the only thing. that, And I still think Ohio State with wins over Purdue, ironically enough, Michigan State and Michigan and the Big Ten champion, I think their resume would be enhanced enough for them to hop Oregon. And then, I mean, they've already shown this week that they don't care about head-to-head in terms of where teams are ranked. So. Like to me, I feels like the the committee. Even though I would put Oregon in, if you're down to one spot, I would pick the head to head over protocol. But I think that that would be the most uncomfortable scenario, um, and that includes Oregon winning out. Like a lot has to happen for it to be like five and six going in for number four or five and four going into that last week, um, and that involves like being hopped by an Oklahoma team that doesn't lose again. And I think Oklahoma is going to lose on Saturday anyway, so we'll we'll see. Um, what happens there, but I think Ohio State is basically in a win-in-your-end scenario right
1: now. I agree with that. I do think the head-to-head against Oregon for the final spot would be not a great
2: – It's the only potential night. Would
1: not feel great, but I still think Ohio State in the end would, would probably get in. Even though I do agree with you, I think I would choose the head-to-head over protocol in that situation. Um, especially if, you know, Oregon has another ranked win against Fresno State too, which gets factored in the equation. Uh, we're not going to answer all these questions. Shocker. Are going to skip one? Yeah, we're going to – I think I know which one you're going to skip. This is the one about me being a Penn State fan. No, uh, I think it's the next one. The next one, yeah. Like it was. Well, it's it's like the question. The question uh, from Carthabird is: Is Ryan Day a better coach than Urban Meyer in twenty twenty one? Which is like I think a very worthwhile conversation having. We just don't have the time for it. Um, so I think we'll, we'll let po- me just put it we'll this way: that one for.
2: If I were an athletic director at a college program, I would hire Urban Meyer tomorrow. I would not. Stay tuned for more <laughs> four to six. Maybe <laughs> yeah. next week. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we can have that like
1: off-season conversation. Perhaps we'll, we'll just we'll dive into that for Ohio State Michigan week. Should Michigan hire Urban Meyer? um Let's see. Defaults, and then in parentheses, but not that one. Uh, if the divisions were not named, the awful names of leaders and legends, could the prior conferences alignment prior conference alignments have survived? Will the alignment of the conferences be changed in the future? Um, I actually rather like the legends and leaders kind of set up there. The names were stupid, as, as was alluded to. Um, I think I would prefer Ohio State and Michigan in the same, con- same division, and they weren't in that setup. Um,
2: Did I ever tell you the story of um, the time where I was drinking beer with Kevin Warren, and I went on a – Rant about how the Big Ten is lopsided because of geographical recruiting disadvantages. No, (laughs) (laughs) we joked about legends and leaders, and I just said, Well, actually, those divisions are probably better off because if you look at the Big Ten East, they're all going to be better forever because they have better access to players. And it was like a long discussion about it,
1: yeah, which I think is the the general idea. So, so the leaders. Ohio State and Penn State were, and Indiana were the only East teams um, in the Leaders Division, along with Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, and Purdue, and then Michigan, Michigan State, Northwestern, Minnesota, um, Iowa, Nebraska. were are all in the in the Legends side of it. Um, I think that's
2: the only problem with Legends and Leaders. Not to
1: interrupt you, Bill. Yeah,
2: I would swap Penn State for Michigan and put Michigan and Ohio State in the same side.
1: Yeah, and if, well, what would you do with with Rutgers and Maryland because they weren't part of that back then?
2: Yeah, I'm um, one and the other. Yeah. I
1: don't know which one's more of a. I mean, there's
2: no geographical re- reason for any of these. So if you don't care about geography, then who cares? Just put one and one and one and the other.
1: I think you should but, you should uh, format the divisions based off uh, regional pizza preference.
2: I mean, but do you do you seriously think the conference would be better if you didn't put everybody that's good in Ohio State's side?
1: Yeah, I think I think they should actually just scrap divisions and play pods is what they should do. Yeah. And then honor
2: you know, traditional rivalries like Ohio State versus Michigan. Because um, everybody was freaking out about legends and leaders. Like, well, if Ohio State plays Michigan in the last game of the season, are they going to play them two weeks in a row? Right. And it's like, I guess that happens in the Big 12 sometimes, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's definitely scenarios where Oklahoma and Texas have to play two times. Like, I mean, I don't know. I think that playing your rival more is awesome. yeah. Like I, I, I don't know why people are adverse to that, you know. And you know, you and I have always been kind of like secondary to tradition a little bit. We proposed that they opened the season last year during COVID with a Michigan, and right. I still believe that to be true. But you know, I like the. I think that the everybody can agree that the divisions are completely lopsided, and unlopsiding them, or making them more even, makes more sense to me. And I think that it makes better teams feel better longer so they don't have to play Ohio State in the regular season and then sets up for a better conference championship game if you go that route.
1: Yep. Uh, let's do two more questions, and then ones we don't get to, we'll pocket and, and save for a future mailbag. Um, so, uh, uh, Slam Dunk wants to know if I'm secretly a, a closet uh, Penn State fan. Uh, the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> last question. Uh, you should probably
2: cl- clarify because people don't understand you're joking.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm joking. Everything I say on here is sarcastic. Okay, yeah, I just yeah. – some people – He wanted to, to know because you know, I, I I went to the Penn State-Wisconsin game after the uh, Minnesota-Ohio State game.
2: Guy just likes cheese curds and f- beer and ball, dude. Like <laughs>
1: I just wanted to go watch a football game. Um, now, I was also uh, with my girlfriend who was also a Penn State grad, and she likes Penn State football, and she was on board to go watch the N- Nittany Lions play, but I would have stopped at Madison if – madison if wisconsin was playing probably anybody because i wanted to go experience a live sporting event for the first time as a fan for the first time in a while so that's why we did it um so no i don't uh, secretly cheer for penn state when they play ohio state or anybody else for that matter um but i appreciate the question uh last question from haskins for heisman aka taryn from columbus which is more likely in the next 10 years? Ohio State wins three national titles or Michigan wins the Big Ten three times?
2: Ohio State wins three national championships. Yeah. With the way that they're recruiting right now?
1: Yes. it's uh, Now, three titles in 10 years would be a little bit ridiculous. It's been done. Unless you're out of the Nick Saban has showed that it can be done. Um, certainly back-to-back. I don't think it's that ridiculous. Two, two, three and 10? I mean, by Ohio State standards, it is. Oh, for sure, yeah. but like I don't think it's absurd. No, no, I don't think it's absurd for a team that re- that is recruiting the way that Ohio State is recruiting right now, and the way things—if you like—project ahead in the future, what this roster might look like. Um,
2: I think it's crazy. Ohio State didn't win three after they won in fourteen in a decade.
1: Yeah, I mean, they won well, to win one in the Irvin Meyer era is, is well, I think most people would qualify as coming up short, right? Um, yeah. So maybe it's yeah maybe it's not that absurd, um, but no, I don't I don't think. Unless Jim Harbaugh is about to like do start doing some crazy shit in recruiting and roster building, I just don't think Michigan's ever going to be be beat uh, be built in a way to beat Ohio State three times. Unless in 10 years.
2: they get a new coach that changes things, but that's which is obvious. could happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: it's not going to happen after this year. I think Harbaugh, at least for now, has has proven that this experiment is is taking Michigan in the right direction in terms of the oh the position. experiment
2: just reveal the experiment that revealed that he is the same person he was the first six years of his career there. It's literally the same team as all the teams that they thought they were going to fire him over four years ago. Uh, is that right?
1: What? Didn't they have
2: like they're a nine and ten win team every single year before last yeah, year? Yeah, but I
1: don't think people were calling for Jim Harbaugh's job when he was going ten and two. No, I
2: know, but people were getting annoyed with him getting his ass kicked by Ohio State every year. It's going to be the exact same thing. The standards just changed. They didn't. People weren't calling for Jim Harbaugh just last year. They were calling for his job the year before COVID. And that was yeah. But they, they were nine. And they were nine and four. They were nine and four that year. My own my entire point is that is Michigan's 10-2 and two seasons with an ass-kicking from Ohio State good enough for Michigan? Three years ago it wasn't, and now it is? There's been a recalibration of what is acceptable there.
1: Well, I guess we need to because see the Ohio State game. Because they got taste of being really shitty last year. I suppose we need to see the Ohio State game and see how this ends for them.
2: If, Ohio, if they lose to Ohio State 56-23, to 23 and they finish the regular season 10-2, and two, is that a successful year for Michigan?
1: Um... Do I think it is, or does Michigan think it is?
2: Does Michigan think it is?
1: I think maybe not with a 30-point loss to Ohio State. No.
2: Well, what do they think is going to happen?
1: I think if they are 10-2 and two with a loss to Michigan State that like they feel like they should have won and like got hosed a little bit uh, and were the better team in that game and then play a competitive game with Ohio State, I think that is viewed as a successful season or a step, yeah. a step back in the right direction.
2: Mm-hmm. Four years, three years ago, that was a failure. Was it? Were they calling for him to know. get fired in twenty eighteen? They were, they were getting they, people were getting tired to go. There were like Pete Thamel columns about how the guy never wins a big yeah, game but in two thousand eight and Jim Harbaugh because he's
1: a weirdo who doesn't give him inside access. Like I don't put much stock in that.
2: No, no, I know, but like columns that Jim Harbaugh is on the hot seat aren't like unique to twenty or twenty twenty one in twenty twenty. This has been going on for four years now.
1: I no, I'm legitimately asking you like I don't I mean it was a long time ago 2018 was a long time ago I don't I don't recall that but maybe that's I think the case.
2: people were getting tired of them in 2018 coming into the 2019 season everything fell apart what is this 2021 mm-hmm. again maybe 2018 is a year too early but in 2019 for sure
1: yeah 19 they were nine and four
2: but like the thing is is that like the standard for Michigan when he got hired was that he was going to change their program into a national championship caliber program. And when that didn't happen, as the years went on, there was a hope that they were going to beat Ohio state. Now that there is, it seems impossible. And now that it seems impossible, if you would have told them that it was impossible in year two, that would have been a completely unacceptable viewpoint. And now it's accepted. Like the goalposts of what is expected from Harbaugh have absolutely changed from the first four years If his tenure to now and the entire point is that we already knew that Jim Harbaugh was good for 10 and 2. So now if he's good for 10 and 2, that's a recalibration of what is acceptable at Michigan. If 10 and 2 was the ceiling and the goal, then you want a 10 and 2 team every year. That can't beat Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh is the perfect man for the job. (laughs) He's proven over and over again he can do that. If you want to win a national championship, Jim Harbaugh is not good. So it's about calibrating how you view your program. And if you're a Michigan fan, do you want to win a national championship or do you want to win 10 games and get your ass kicked by Ohio State every year? Pick one because we already know what – like this isn't an experiment. This is who he's been since day one. No, I mean it was
1: – teams don't keep the head coach and fire everybody else. <laughs> that's like – that's not a normal no, thing. No, I know, happens.
2: but like the result is the Superman picture. I mean the Spider-Man picture.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I think it could very well end up being that way. I, I don't I – don't, I guess you can safely assume that it's going to end up that way unless you think Michigan's going to give Ohio State a game. Um, that looks like what they're cruising for. And they could also lose to Penn State this week. So,
2: um, it's Who do you like in that game?
1: Uh, I like Penn State.
2: Interesting. I don't trust Penn State against anybody, not Ohio State.
1: It's hard. It's hard in that that the bit, the hardball Franklin back and forth has been a little strange. There have been some ass kickings in there that I think have caught people off guard. Um but it's in state college so i would i'll take penn state plus you know i'm a huge penn state fan so got to roll with my nits on that one
2: 409
1: 409 all right, <laughs> let's wrap up the podcast there. Sorry we didn't get to everyone's questions. Um, not shocked that, that that didn't happen. But like I said, the ones we didn't answer, I'll, I'll save. Just people helping people. We'll helping people and we'll, we'll save for a, a future mailbag episode. Thank you uh, for those questions. Leaving an Apple five-star review. Subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com, slash 4-6. Ohio State and Purdue play on uh, Saturday at 3.30 in the shoe. We will talk to you guys after that game.
2: Landis, not the. I know that you're supposed to just be like a smooth out, and I just ruined it. Yeah. But these are good questions we didn't get to. Let's save them. I just said we were going to save them. Okay, I know. I'm just saying, like, but let's actually do that because I know it's easy yeah. for. I'm going to have like... them. I
1: have them saved in a Google Doc.
2: Okay. God, just ruined how many? How many? How many? How many seasons can Ohio State go without winning a national championship before Ryan Day is fired? Is a saucy question.
1: Yeah, like some of these are like. <laughs> do you have 45 <laughs> minutes for us to answer the question? It's like they're really good questions, but some of them are like full I episodes. Know so um we I'm went. to sorry the, for ruining your we're clothes. Have to get you to, want to do it again we want <laughs> to get to them uh bit by bit here and see honestly maybe even save some of them for like full off-season episodes because um, yeah. some of them are that good but no i'm not going to do the outro again just listen to the, the podcast the next time we do it and don't screw me up next time <laughs>